Hello everyone, this is Wojciech Wasniewski and you're listening to the Participation Coaching Podcast. I know it's been a while, well, almost almost a year, but here is a new episode. Well, not exactly a new episode because it was recorded almost a year ago, but I finally got around to uh, editing it and publishing it. Um, but I think it's for good for everyone because it's a great episode with Oliver Morton. Oliver is a junior performance golf coach based at Archerfield Performance Center in Scotland. And we are talking about his holistic approach to coaching um, junior golfers. In the past, he ran another junior academy from Archerfield um, in Scotland, as well as he spent a year um, in the USA as the Gen Next Golf Academy director uh, in Scottsdale, working alongside Henry Branton, Pia Nilsson, Lynn Marriott and Rick Jensen. So um, he had a chance to learn from the very best in our industry. He uses his wide-ranging education and experiences with a huge amount of passion for junior golf to create some amazing opportunities for junior golfers at Archerfield. Some of the stuff we talk about is his background and how he chose golf over other sports he was doing at the time, which is an interesting conversation and maybe a selling point for for golf. Um, The meaning of a holistic approach to coaching and how he coaches junior golfers, his history in coaching and junior coaching, Um, as well as how it evolved from a TPI movement physical focused to more uh, games or skills focused approach. We also hear uh, what his sessions and the academy structure look like and why, um, as well as, for example, why children should have input in the design and content of the sessions. Um, He also shares lessons learned from his year in in the USA um, some marketing strategies he's used to promote the junior academies and um, the ways that he's communicating with, with parents as well as some resources that he likes to share with parents. we we'll finish off with a discussion around what makes a good junior coach. So yeah, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, it wasn't supposed to be that long of a break. Hopefully the next one will be much shorter. Hope you enjoyed this episode and feel free to reach out to me or Oliver with any questions or queries or feedback. So, yeah, Oliver, what's your what's your um, what's your background in golf and and in coaching? What's your, what's your story in golf? I guess it's an interesting one. Um, my my background is really I, I started golfing because I was a big cricketer and I needed to do something ironically in the winter. So, um, you know, me and my best friend, you know, you know, we we just went to the we we stayed locally at a golf course about five minutes, you know, drive away. Um, and then, you know, as I played more, you know, working that around my cricket, played a bit of rugby, so multi-sport background, and and it grew over time. Um, and then when, you know, it came to the point where I remember it was pretty vivid. My my dad sat me down, you know, at the kitchen table and said, right, Ollie, what, what are you going to do with your life? Um, I basically, you know, said, Dad, I think I, think I want to be a golfer, you know, and then he, he actually turned a bit white because um, <laughs> he was an engineer to trade. So, um, you know, he went a bit pale. But once, you know, the colour returned to his face, we, you know, we d- devised a plan. Um, so, you know, the plan was, you know, I constructed my A-levels and my GCSEs, you know, which are qualifications at the time in the UK. Um, we basically did, um, you know, chose the appropriate subjects. And I I, I identified basically the um, – the one university I wanted to go to, which was Sterling. So there was the strongest, um, strongest golfing university, you know, I could, I could, uh, I could go to. Um, and, you know, if I wasn't going to do that, I was, I was going to basically just, um, you know, go turn assistant pro, um, at Hillsborough, which was my kind of club that I grew up at. Um, and, um, you know, fortunately I, I got in and I got the qualifications and, um, then as I kind of played more and more and, and went through my university career, I was fortunate to have, you know, play, you know, alongside Richie Ramsey and, and realized that Richie was, you know, significantly better than I was. Um, you know, I, I kind of developed the, the interest in coaching. Um, and, and, and then I was, I was kind of fortunate enough, you know, once I finished my degree, I had a, had a decent, you know, decent playing career there and, and fortunate to study you know I got my first job in golf which was Alistair Good at Gullen which is where the Scottish Open is this year um, and then you know through that education through the PGA I, I kind of really harnessed my coaching passion 
um, and really like the idea of the holistic approach. Um, then from there, I, um, you know, went, you know, identified that, you know, that whilst the, the PGA training was, was, was great and it gave me a great start, I knew that there was some real holes in my, you know, my, my knowledge and my wisdom. Um, so I identified, I would say that the leaders in each aspect of performance, you know, the likes of TPI and Plain Truth and, and, and Vision 54 with Pierre and Lynn and kind of just went to see them, you know, went and went to the training courses, spoke to them, studied, um, and then really kind of developed my knowledge base and then, you know, further developed, I guess, my philosophies um, through practical application and, and education. So, um, kind of the long the long answer to your question but uh, you know that gives you a bit of an idea of my background and how it's progressed quite organically over time yeah sure and a question comes to mind um how old were you when you when you chose golf as your as your main sport um well i, I actually started playing at 13 so i was pretty late so i think i was 15 you know by that time um when i when i chose to really kind of just honing on 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 golf i mean I, I i was i was a pretty good cricketer pretty pretty half decent rugby player but being five six um and playing hooker um it didn't really it <laughs> didn't really <laughs> stem stem to a career in professional rugby at the time um so you know i really kind of went um you know golf was seemed to be the logical progression i got pretty good pretty quick um enjoyed the social side and and it seemed to be that there was a if I didn't make it as a professional as a player, um, you know, there seemed to be a, a decent career in it. Whether I was a good club pro or coach, you know, it seemed to be a logical choice. Um, you know, I went and hung out at my dad's office, and you know, the life as an engineer, you know, not to discredit engineering, it just didn't appeal to me. Um, you know, and so I, that, that's really when it you know, the specialism kicked in. Fifteen. Mm-hmm. That's something that actually could be. Um, let's say like, um, a selling point for for golf that it's um, the career opportunities in golf are most of the time much better than than other sports. Yeah, yeah, I think that there's there's lots of opportunities. There's lots of different aspects to the business um, side of things. So, um, and I think we're seeing more and more of that now with you know the ability to specialize in golf. Um, you know, especially here, you know, I guess, I guess in the UK, we've seen a little bit less of the traditional club professional um, route. And we've got other fields opening up like, you know, events, um, directors of golf, golf managers. Um, you know, I think that there's, 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 it's quite an exciting time if you, um, if you look at the development of opportunities within the sport. Mm. Okay, so let's move on to the, the the junior junior side of things. So, what's your what's your story in, in juniors and and where you are now? Because now your role is is partly to do well, quite quite a lot to do with juniors. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's very much. I'd say junior coaching is is probably my biggest passion out of everything. Um, and it, it really kind of started. I, I was I was at the TPI Level One seminar, um, and it was it was Greg Rose. Um, and Lance, Lance Gill, that um, you know, they I, I was at TPI and I was there to learn the you know for adult side of things, and then they showed me what Milo and the and the guys were doing at um, you know at, at TPI and the, you know at, at, at the Grand, and it just kind of blew my mind. You know, it just seemed so much fun. It seemed like a great great way to earn a living. Um, so I implemented it. I you know literally that night, I, you know, I organized the equipment, got it got it bought and shipped to to where I was at the time, a place called Swanston, um, which was a really kind of forward thinking club and still is. Um, you know, with about the juniors about allowing them to play. Um, and then I just I went for it. You know, I implemented the TPI kind of philosophy, the LTAD, and 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 really kind of just give it a go um and then it just grew you know it seemed to be really popular the multi-sport background and and then um yeah it just kind of you know before i knew it there was 80 80 juniors in the program you know mm-hmm. parents were engaged and involved um yeah and, and that that then led to you know you know the, the the junior side of things really funded um the rest of it so i was able to get Trackman and 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 KVS and things like that, you know, off the back of the junior program. Um, so yeah, it kind of it just kind of sparked sparked an interest and in, and in, and it's kind of grown from there. 
That's cool. So what what was the structure of the of the program back then and maybe what it is now if it's if it's changed? Yeah, I mean back then just because of the way that the we, we had a lot of space at Swanston it was it was it, it, it's a great facility. Um lots of room so there there was a lot of a lot of physical activity so a lot of uh, fundamental movement skills stuff so skipping hopping uh, there was a lot of um, sport-specific movement skills, um, you know, so throwing, kicking. So there's lots of, you know, uh, lots of stations like that, as well as golf. So there was a, it was tailored. So the younger children, four to, you know, around four or five to about eight, very loosely, would do a lot of physical, physical games like that, as well as a bit of golf. So, and then as they got older. Um, we would kind of do a little bit less when they were about nine to 12, they would do more golf. So kind of when they were in the sort of skill windows, if you will. Um, and then, and then the 13 plus, I actually got a, um, a fitness trainer involved with me, um, to deliver that age group because again, we, we actually ramped up the physical side a little bit. Um, there was a 13 to 18 year old bracket. Um, so that's, that was the structure then. Um, and then now where I am at, at Archerfield, um, because of the facility, because of the way where we are that we've got, it, I actually do a little bit less on the physical side. Um, so there's still still plenty of there when it comes to the, the, the fundamental movement skills. Um, but I'm a little bit heavier now when it comes to um, the the golf, and it's very much game based when it comes to the golf activity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know it, it the technical input that i that i i sort of i'm involved with kind of emerges through the game activity so say if we're playing a you know a, a game that's that's focusing on say for putting focusing on on distance response or distance control um if a junior is struggling with that they often come to me you know and say no i'm struggling with this so then it creates that moment where i can actually technically assist them um Plus, that game environment allows me to, you know, to to do, implement some of the other skills. So, and I do quite a bit of, you know, of, of sort of playing skills, the Vision Fifty Four playing skills um, side of things as well. So we're we're always developing technical skills alongside the mental and emotional skills. Because um, as a philosophical standpoint, from me, um, you know, I, I don't like to segregate skills like that. I like to kind of make sure that all my kind of practice environments and, and coaching environments do implement that holistic approach. Um, so yeah, it takes a bit more time in prep, but, um, than it used to, you know, I used to kind of segregate things, but now it's very much kind of joining all the activities together. So, um, you know, and the physical stuff maybe do a little bit less explicitly, but, um, you know, it does, we do implicit stuff, um, with, with that movement. So, um, you know, it's, you know, I, I think that that's maybe the biggest difference that, um, my junior coaching has now from maybe when I started. Mm-hmm. What would one of the sessions look like then? Like, um, such a holistic session. Okay. So, um, I guess if I was, if I was going with a nine to 12 age group, um, so, uh, the way I would simply design that is I would have, uh, we'd warm up doing a game. So, I mean, dodgeball kind of <laughs> seems to be the, uh, seems to be the most popular. Mm-hmm. So warm up, we would do, um, you know, a, a simple dodgeball game, but what I would do is I would implement some constraints. So say, right, well, okay, you know, we've got to throw with our left hands now or non-dominant hands and got to throw with the right hand, or we've got to, we, we're now going to kick. So kick with the left, kick with the right um, so we're developing obviously those, you know, sports specific skills and fundamental movements. Um, so it's through that game. So once we finish there, 10, 15 minutes, if it's, if it's a close, close match, it might go a little bit longer. Um, and then from there we would break out into the, you know, fundamentally we would maybe have three, three stations. So full shots, uh, short game, and then putting, um, and then, each of those stations would have, you know, a, a specific theme. So say what, you know, and without that theme would rotate. So, um, say in week one, the, the full shots would be the technical station. So we might have Trackman on there and we may be looking at a defining a club path or it might be, um, curvature. We might be a, an emphasis on the ball flight. So we would maybe look at that individual when they're on that station, um, we would look at the technique, um, and we'd help them in there. And then, then when we go to um, 
putting putting might be competition so competitions that's where it would be a competitive game so um you know the juniors there wouldn't be any technical instruction there they would be right here's the game gang go compete so it may be you know um you know you could have like a, a star so you know mix mix it up so it's variable so you've got round the hole three foot four foot five foot six foot you know whatever so mix it up but then they would maybe go around there, see, you know, create a game. So see how many out of there uh, in a row they could hold, compete against each other. Um, and then what we would have on the on the the short game station, that would be kind of open frame or that would be more of a practice station. So say if um, the week previous it was the technical station, uh, it would give them the opportunity to actually implement and practice what they'd been coached the week before or they're trying to implement technically. Um, and then really kind of over the top of that, sitting kind of um, in the, you know, kind of, you know, surrounding it would be a playing skill. So um, if anyone's not familiar, I would kind of go go to, you know, Peter and Lynn's website, Vision 54, and, and check this stuff out. But um, say it might be memory box or post-shot reactions. So we would implement basically an overall kind of rule saying, okay, gang, so we're trying to make sure that we react positively or factually to every you know every outcome of this uh, in this session we don't want any negative reactions any negative reactions uh we have to pop a little mark on the whiteboard and the competition is that you know who, who has who has the least amount of negative reactions during the session um you know um gets to um gets to choose the activity or something like that um that we do next week so um and then the juniors would then police each other with that so um if anybody has a negative reaction uh they get called out for it so so really that holistic approach that kind of playing skills always there um it's never you know it's 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 never not there so we we kind of it's always you know within those activities um so that's loosely um you know how how the structure would be and then the next week, or it might be even a few weeks, we might keep the same structure to let, allow them to implement that, you know, a bit of repetition over two, three weeks, or we would change the theme of the station. So the next week, um, the technical station would move to putting and then vice versa, so it would rotate. So we're always kind of keeping an eye on each aspect of their game technically, um, but we're also allowing them to have that bit of fun and have that social interaction, which, you know, I think a lot of people get into golf um, for. So it's not, uh, so the environment's always fairly relaxed. It's not too, author, you know, it's not too top down or too authoritarian from my perspective. Um, so they get to learn from each other as well as learn from me. That's cool. And so I imagine you'd, you'd do each station in turn, right? Not, not like all at the same time divided in groups, but you'd go to one and then move to another. Yeah. Yeah. You rotate round. So my, my sessions are typically, you know, it's, it's two hours with a bit of a break. So yeah, you would just rotate round. Um, probably a couple of times so particularly for juniors you know they you know practicing the technique for half an hour just isn't going to happen so you know they would rotate around those stations um throughout the day so they get to train all their aspects of the game every session mm -hmm. so you, you said that the, the your approach changed from more like um fundamental movement um focused and towards um, let's say games and and um, and more holistic why do you think um why do you think it happened and how, how did it did it happen did this change happen um it's an interesting one because i mean i i, I tended to find that the real reason i changed it was because you know that a lot a lot of the juniors were coming to the sessions and they loved it you know they had an absolute ball but i wasn't really developing that many golfers um you know, they were enjoying themselves, but they were, you know, they, they were participating, but say they'd come to the sessions, had, a, had great fun, but then they weren't kind of playing golf in between the sessions. You know, they, they weren't engaging with the actual skill um, or the game itself. So, you know, I, I needed to, I really kind of wanted to build in, you know, golf itself and give them, so it was actually golf they were falling kind of in love with, um, as opposed to just coming along and having, you know, like, just a great time. Um, so that was really one thing, the first thing I noticed with it. Um, and, 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 and that was really, that was really it because they were, they were really kind of developing that, those physical skills, but they weren't, 
I guess, engaging with golf. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at the time that was, it was, it was pointed out by the club I was at that really it was like, look, okay, golly, we've got loads of kids in the program, you know, but, you know, the junior teams, you know, not as, you know, comparatively, you know, we're not getting as many golfers coming through as, uh, you know, as, as we would think. And there's always going to be a natural drop off, but, um, you know, we, there wasn't the kind of, there wasn't the amount of juniors coming through into the ranks, should we say, um, so that's where, you know, as, as a joint approach from myself and the facility kind of started to evolve. And, um, you know, now where I am at Archerfield, you know, it's it's very much, you know, we're, we're looking at, um, you know, developing golfers. We don't particularly have it. We don't have a, a, te- a junior team at our club, but we, we, we do have a lot of the juniors. They play for a lot of the other local teams. Um, so we, we really kind of focus on the actual training. And then they can go and, you know, p- p- participate and perform at the other clubs. Um, but yeah, that was the big kind of the big reason why I, I, I adjusted the approach, um, to being a bit more golf heavy. Um, and I guess I, I also, you know, there was a little bit of conjecture out there with, when it comes to, you know, long-term athletic development, um, as an actual kind of, um, as an approach. Um, so I, I kind of just delved into and, and been fortunate to be, you know, get to have great coaches around me, the likes of Graham McDowell, Pete Arnott, um, Stuart Morgan, these sorts of guys who kind of I've, I've had great conversations with. And, you know, they, they just opened my eyes to, you know, this this almost, um, you know, nonlinear approach, mm-hmm. um, which kind of just evolved my thinking. Um, and, yeah, that was that's that's been, you know, it's a constant evolution. But, um, you know, like, like I guess like anything, you know, you're always wanting to improve. Sure. Um, interesting because it seems to be a a theme well maybe not a theme but it it, it repeats itself um, in the interviews that i do um exactly what you said that the the, the sports based it's fun people the kids love it but they don't play golf and so it's interesting to hear that it's um it's the same across the world in a way yeah yeah i mean it's it's, it's i think it's interesting isn't it because you it's I think, you know, human beings are human beings. And I think it's just quite nice that, you know, if there are correlations, um, you know, around the world, then, you know, I guess, you know, there's, there's some, there's some wisdom in there. Yeah. Um, so would you say that the, um, let's say the number of kids is lower right now with the, with the games, um, the nonlinear approach? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I purposely, I've, so I've, I've actually kind of reduced my, um, I've reduced my class size. So just because of the facility and the kind of the constraints of, of, of where I am, um, you know, we didn't want, you know, I used to do classes of 12, um, but I've dropped them now down to, uh, to eight is my maximum. And I only, I actually only have eight per age group, uh, in the program, mm-hmm. um, purely because that allows me to kind of really go a bit more in depth with the juniors that, that, uh, that I'm coaching. Um, plus, you know, especially when the 13, to, you know, 13 to 18 year old category, um, should we say I'm a, a bit more selective on who's in the program? Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I really like to, you know, support really keen juniors that, that are wanting to, you know, to really see how far they can go in the game. Um, and with the other constraints on my time, I don't really, I, I, I I don't really have the same amount of time to dedicate towards juniors because I'm because the other aspects of what I do with the coaching. Um, so when when I am, you know, with the juniors, I really want to make sure that I'm I'm really kind of, I guess, putting my best foot forward with them. Um, so it's, instead of having a, I guess, a shotgun approach, if you will, uh, it's more of a rifle approach um, when it comes to the the coaching side of things. Um, and 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 that that seems to be kind of working. It seems to fit, and um, you know, fortunate you know, I'm fortunate as well to do some of the county coaching here, the Lothians coaching. So, um, you know, my program, I, I see that as a way to feed the, the 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 county and the national structure and support those those organisations um, with my program. Um, and I, the best way I can do that is to make sure that I'm really targeted in my uh, targeted in, in in the approach and and the, and the juniors that I'm coaching. So what about the, the logistics at Ashfield? So do the kids attend one weekly session and all the sessions are two hours or what's the, what's the structure there? 
Yeah, so the, the, the basic structure is the, the younger the younger juniors come to um, one two-hour session every week, and, and that's within school term time. Um, so we, you know, we don't have any lessons outside of school term because obviously holidays and bits and bobs. Um, and then, so this, and that's true with the older age groups, but with the older age groups, I also have, um, per term, they get a one to an hour, one to one. So they have one, two hour, um, group session. And then they also have a, a individual session within that block. So, the block tends to be um, six weeks as, as an overall. So every six weeks they get a one-to-one. Um, and that I've found is the kind of the ideal structure because um, that allows us to, you know, within the group sessions and their on-course play, it allows us to harness and identify where that hour is best suited. Um, you know, and I'm fortunate here that, you know, we, they can use that either an hour with me or they can utilize that an hour with our club fitter, Ross Leeds. Um, so often, obviously, you know, a, a major factor is the equipment that the juniors are using. So um, if they need to see Ross, if, if their clubs aren't right for them, then, um, you know, they get to see him as well. So, um, you know, that's a huge element. And, and what I also do is I, not that I have um, a direct um, I.e., you know, somebody, a physical trainer involved with the program itself. Um, I do have, you know, um, you know, a, a really good fitness trainer. I link in with a guy called Alex Woods at Golf Fit. Um, he runs the county structure, but you know, if there are any juniors that I believe, um, well, all of the juniors, should I say that, you know, I, I, I try to, you know, I try to refer them and get them to see Alex as well. Um, so they're working on the physical stuff with him specifically, and then that means I can work on the golf stuff, um, uh, you know, with, with you know, specifically with them. Um, mm-hmm. Just because Alex is based half an hour's drive away from here, plus he's a busy man on a Saturday and and and, and Friday when I when I do my classes, so it just logistically doesn't work for him to be here. Um, plus, I te- and from experience, I found that the, the kids were pretty tired if they did you know some really good physical work um then they also tried to implement that te- you know, any technical work or um anything else that they were they were need to work on within that one or two hour session or three hour session um so that's that's basically i guess the whistle stop tour of the, the the overall structure mm-hmm. and what's the what's the youngest age um that you that it's in your program uh four-year-olds for girls and five for boys Hmm, interesting Uh, and you still have them for two hours at at a time yeah yeah two hours yeah so still have a couple of hours with them so um you know the four and five-year-olds you know we again just more activities so go around the stations a bit more so um you know still two hours still engaged you know as long as they as long as they're doing different things a lot of the time um they're, they're into it yeah, it's not. I'm not noticed a you know a lack of engagement at all. Mm, that's pretty cool. And um, would that be a bit more, let's say, sports? Would that, would there be more sports activities involved in with this youngest age group, or would you still have it um, like golf centered? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd still, yeah, I'd still have more physical activities there. So you know, we we would do a bit more of that. So we do you know a bit more, a bit more kind of FMS and 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 sports specific stuff with with uh, with that age group yeah so we would implement a bit more there um if if required but sometimes as it sounds you know I'm, I'm not i'm not too structured i don't allow the structure to dominate engagement so you know if they're really engaged in a game you know i don't stop it you know if they're you know sometimes even the five-year-olds will be playing a game for half an hour you know at the end of the day you know the worst thing i could do in that moment when they're into it is to pull them out of it and get them to do something else because it's my plan um you know if 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 they're loving it then let them roll with it you know and, and i keep them there and but if they're not engaged with it i don't make you know adversely i don't make them do something um you know if they're not into it then i ask them questions i see how they might want to do it differently so i, I kind of let them come up with a bit of game design i give them that freedom to decide and choose you know the structure of it um around my theme you know, so say if it is, you know, as long as it's say a game and my theme is distance control um, or start line, say for putting, you know, 
I allow them, they can create the course, they can adapt it to, to help them stay engaged. Um, so that's, I guess that's one of the biggest things that's also to kind of go back to your earlier question. Um, you know, that's, you know, allowing the, the juniors, the freedom to adapt the activity to increase engagement has been another major thing that I've learned over the years. Mm, great point uh, of not having the structure um like stopping the game something that i need to remember myself <laughs> no i mean i i always think of mike tyson's quote you know everyone's got a plan until they get it until they, until they get smacked in the mouth <laughs> yeah. you know it's you know that you know structure can be the biggest biggest killer of any 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 session and and, and skill development um you know and plus we all know something looks good on paper but then when 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 the juniors start doing it actually, you know, isn't great, you know, then that's the only way we know. So, you know, like play, you know, like a player, you know, adaptability and adaptability and variability are kind of the the major skills for me when it comes to being a, you know, you know, a, a good coach. Mm, sure. And what would you say um like the focus of, of your of the junior academy at Archerfield is right now? Would that be um more performance based or participation based? Um, well, well, right now because we're effectively in, we're still kind of in year one um, in terms of the cycle. We're probably, you know, in, in real time. That's we're actually closer to two years. But just when we started the program initially, it was kind of finding the feet, see what worked, see what didn't work. So, um, you know, year one cycle, we're still very much in participation. Um, you know, I'd, because there's so many other options in that performance category, you know, with the national structure and the, you know, the the county structure, there's there's lots of other people doing that. So I like to start my programs on that participation, and then over time allow that to grow into performance. Um, we I still have, we still have a few performance juniors that come to see me uh, within the program and uh, and privately, um, but the emphasis of the program itself is to build that base of participation and then naturally over time you know we develop performance players and um and then it then it's really organic because you build that trust and that relationship with them and um you know even though i had a, had a year over in the states effectively um you know i still some of the juniors from from the program in the past i still see them now i mean they're still they, they're not working with me actually directly um there's one of the, one of the juniors in the county structure um but you know that the the level of engagement you know i still speak to them you know with there's there's an element of friendship there which is is to be honest it's been one of the most fulfilling aspects of 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 my career so far that you know i've that these juniors feel that kind of connection that um even though i'm they're not seeing me for coaching that you know they still you know still want to kind of chat to me and um you know and, and it's just it's amazing because you know some of them are starting to do their kind of exams now and they're talking about university and they're pretty competent golfers, you know, this, you know, national setup golfers and, um, but you know, they're growing up and this, but they still want to talk to little old me, which is pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Let's, let's touch on your year in, in the U S for a, for a second. What did you do there and how did it differ to what you do now at Archerfield? It's yeah. So I was really fortunate to kind of be, get involved with Henry Brunton and, and, and Rick Jensen and, and Priya and Lynn's Gen Next, um, you know, academy. So through through the connection really with Priya and Lynn and doing their courses, you know, Henry gave me the opportunity to to run the academy over at, at Lee, Priya and Lynn's uh, base at Talking Stick. Um, and you know, it was it was a real kind of eye opener for me because one, you've got to get the visa and everything else. Um, but then it was you know a different culture. So you know, here in the UK, we have physical you know, PE or physical education is part of our academics, um, whereas it's less so in the States. So there's a bit more early specialization over the, over there because, you know, a lot of the juniors choose one sport, you know, outside of school and, and, and go for it. So we had a you know, six days a week for five, six hours a day. I was, I was with the juniors over there. Um, so that was a big kind of big, big, big difference for me as a coach because I got to really engage the juniors for six days a week for six hours where I was used to seeing them one day a week for a couple of hours. Mm. Um, you know, so you, 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 there's a lot of, there's a lot of kind of, a lot of soul searching there when it comes to your abilities and, you know, you learn pretty quick, um, in that sort of environment. 
Um, plus, you know, when you've got, you know, world-class coaches above you that are overseeing the program and, 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 and developing you as an individual, um, you know, you, you, you gotta, you learn pretty quick. Um, so I would say that that was the biggest thing. And plus a lot of the juniors there, because it was a performance academy had, a, you know, one of the juniors in particular, he had, he had you know, seven or eight coaches on his, on his team. Um, you know, so, so I, I had to effectively help this young man develop um, through practice design. You know, I, I couldn't coach him technically because that was going to step on on toes. I, you know, it, it got a lot of other people physically. So I, I had to support him day to day um, just through the practice design, you know, setting up the environment and, and making sure he was implementing what his coaches wanted. So, you know, my role, you know, was I was almost like a chameleon. You know, then I'd got other, other juniors in the program, which, you know, I was – captain of all the ships you know i was technical playing skills um you know everything so it was yeah you kind of you know you know talk about adaptability and and being able to kind of um you know connect with different individuals in different circumstances and that was the biggest thing i kind of took from that experience sounds like a great learning experience in fact oh yeah it was you know it was it was really challenging but at the same time it was invaluable because you know, you know, you're learning from, you know, the the best coaches in the world, you know, in my opinion, you know, fantastic mentors and really lucky to have them. And, and, and it really helps, you know, the environment helps shape me um, and, and and what I really wanted to do with, you know, with my coaching and, 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 and my, my career, I guess. Mm-hmm. And going back to, uh, to Archerfield and um, in the first year of, of the program, what was your basic marketing strategy? Um, well, we, we kind of implemented, I mean, the, the, the strongest is always word of mouth. Um, so I would say that, you know, we, we start, we get the, we get as many people in the door as we possibly can. So open the doors, um, you know, get people experiencing offering kind of trials, um, get people just to experience, I mean, the performance center here is just, you know, I mean, out of this world, good, um, you know the team here that developed it with Nike. Um, it was it was the Nike Performance Fitting Center. That was the origins of the, the facility. Um, so our CEO Tom, our director of golf Stuart, you know they created a wonderful environment here uh, facility, um, which um, you know we just you know if people come in the facility and see it straight away, they kind of get blown away. And then um, you know, so we knew that if we created that, coupled that with a cool experience with me, that it was going to be a strong thing to not want to come back to. Um, and then, you know, we've got the marketing team here. We just sent email shots out to, to the databases. And, you know, there was junior activity here, but the, there wasn't much. You know, there was kids camps, but um, there was a bit of an appetite because the club's so family friendly and family orientated that, um, you know, it it just seemed to lend itself to that. So we then sent emails out there. You know, I kept on going with my social media side, my Twitter, my Facebook, Instagram. Um, there's a few more in there now because there's so many <laughs> social media platforms. But, you know, I just kind of slowly but surely just, you know, so you'd got the emails and the website was developed, but the social media side was very much like the back door. It allowed, to, allow, allowed people to see the personality um of 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 what 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 we're doing um mm-hmm. so that was the main structure um we also did you know a bit of a rebrand of the center um so we did kind of a bit of traditional print media but that was kind of as a as a center globally so for our fitting and um another kind of golf school experiences with tpegs with gary nickel um so there's a lot that we offer here but it was you know, very much kind of a, a, a scattered approach, but the, the real core of it was word of mouth. And, and that's where the strength still is for me. You know, you get people in the door. I, you know, we did a few presentation evenings. So, you know, we get we get people in and, and explain what we're doing, um, give people a few trial sessions and get the, get, get the juniors involved. So, yeah, it was just a very much a, a very personal approach because for me, golf and, and coaching is a personal service. So, um, if we connect with the individuals and we do a good job, we build trust, you know, they're going to speak to friends, they're going to speak to family and it just, it grows nice and organically. Um, and then you complement that with, um, you know, your, 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 your email, uh, your social media, that, that's really been the, the way we've kind of implemented it. And, and, 
and and being patient with it. We know that you know Rome's not built in a day, um, and just let it grow nicely. Um, and yeah, it's 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 trending. You know, it's 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 growing, and and we're hoping we just keep it keep it bubbling along and keep keep it developing. Mm-hmm. Was there something to uh, say at the beginning of of the development of of this program? Uh, something that you thought might work well, and it turned out it didn't. Like something you had to change your mind on. Yeah, um, quite a bit. So you know, the original structure, the timings of the classes. So you know, I, the the sort of the older age group. I, I I implement. You know, I originally identified as a Sunday morning thing would be would be good. Um, Plus, I actually had more one-to-one time in that built in. So instead of say one hour per block, it was two hours. So I thought, well, they're going to be they're going to want more one-to-one time. There's going to be more in-depth analysis required. Yada yada yada. Um, but you know, actually, what's happened is is that um, we've de- I've actually adapted it so that actually fits the same structure as the the nine to twelve year old group. Um, and I've also moved that to a Friday afternoon. And so we're lucky here, some, you know, the Edinburgh schools and the local schools, they get a half day, um, you know, on a Friday. So that leaves the afternoon open for things like golf. Um, so that's, nice. that's been, that's been really cool. You know, uh, you know, that's been really cool because that then now opens up the door. Well, you know, the keen juniors are going to want to go play on a Sunday. That's when their competitions are going to be. So, you know, if I've got training on a Sunday morning, you know, one thing I learned is, well, they're not able to play. So, you know, they're, they're not going to engage with the program because, well, they want to go play. So, you know, so the timing and, and understanding that with the local area was a big, big thing that I've learned. And that, that actually took a year to figure out, you know, kind of, <laughs> you know, we were like, well, the, the younger age groups are doing well. Why aren't we busy here with the older ones? Um, so it was a little bit of a, you know, double, double whammy. It was, one, it was a bit more expensive, and two, the timing wasn't great. So then we figured out, well, you know, let's reduce the cost because we've not got as much one-to-one time. Plus, we've moved the timing, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we've, we've like doubled the numbers. And it's like not through anything more. You know, initially we think we thought it was an awareness thing with marketing, but it's not. It's you know, it's it's you know, me making sure that we've got the the right time, uh, the right price bracket that that fits and. Um, yeah, it's starting to grow. So I guess that it's that's it's a simple fundamental of know know your know your audience, know your market, um, and then just service that with 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 the best thing you possibly can. Um, I think that's the the, the biggest thing that um, I've learned from this year so far. It's mm, cool one. Um, what about parents and their role in the academy? How do you communicate with them and? Um, how active are they in the let's say in the sessions or in the in the program in general? So I mean the big the big thing you know for me when it comes to parents is is keeping them involved um, and 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 communicating with them um, about how best to support you know their 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 their. their the junior effectively their their child or the grandchild or the niece or the nephew and and just kind of a little bit of just you know candid conversations about what the what the, the things to do the pitfalls the things to avoid um so you know i've done a few presentation evenings but you know most of the time it's been a you know a conversation before the session after the session um you know and, and helping them understand the best way to support them um on a one-to-one basis or even as a you know as a bit of a group at the end and um you know i'm i, I guess you know we we we're lucky here i mean the parents are great you know we've we've, we've not had any you know, any situations where we've had any you know the classic pushy parents or anything like that um you know we 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 have quite a few you know we're, we're lucky that we've got the, the u.s kids european um championships happens at Gullen just up the road so a lot of the a lot of the, the parents have seen you know that top level young junior competition side of things so they've seen maybe some parents that go overboard some parents that um, that are a bit pushy so you know when it comes to my um my guidance you know I just keep them engaged um you know I, I do I do I do sort of 
point them in the direction of Peter and Lynn from Vision 54. So they've got a great book, um, a great resource about, you know, parent, you know, uh, sport parent for the future and golf parent for the future. Um, that's got some really great information. So there's, you know, pointing them away of resources. Um, but I guess it, it's just candor and honesty and trust. Um, that's what I found has worked. Um, you know, and, and I keep them in the loop, you know, we, I inform them, um, verbally, um, about what, what we're working on. And I also, I get the juniors to, you know, use a notebook. So the juniors write out what they've learned on the sessions, what they're working on. So then parents can basically then take that, have a discussion with the juniors. And, you know, if you've got a classic, uh, say junior, that's not too forthcoming with, <laughs> with parents <laughs> and what they've done, uh, the parents can always just, you know, check out the notebook and, and see what they're up to. Um, because I've just found that, you know, that, that, that when it comes to say you 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 your other platforms like say WhatsApp or other people maybe use forums, uh, for me, it I struggle I've struggled with that engagement in those platforms. Plus, you know, child protection and data protection it just kind of puts puts my back up a little bit. I always worry about that stuff. Um, so just to make sure that you know we we keep ourselves right, notebook want face-to-face conversations, maybe an email or, you know, I just kind of go old school and just pick up the phone and have a chat um, mm. if needed. Because um, then that way, you know, it just trust builds, engagement builds. And and, and then it, and if there are any issues or any questions, then, um, you know, parents feel fairly comfortable with just know that, know that they can contact me. Um, you know, unfortunately, I've not had any, had any midnight phone calls yet. So... <laughs> So yeah, we've been, you know, that's for me just, yeah, being, you know, being pr- pretty, pretty old school in the way that we communicate um, w- kind of works pretty well. Mm, I think it's easy to forget with the older email out- automation and automated Facebook posts to actually speak directly to, to people. Because as I said, it's a, it's a service business in a way. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and, you know, I always, I always think that, you know, it's like when, whenever you receive a letter in the post, you know, which one do you open first? The one that's been typed or the one that's got, you know, handwriting on the front of it. Um, you know, one thing that I always like to, you know, I always like to do with the notebooks that we give the juniors is, is write a little bit of a, an inscription on them in, in the front of it. Um, you know, just a little bit of inspiration, you know, maybe, you know, get them to just, you know, understand how powerful that is. But yeah, it's, you know, I think, uh, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, I always think, you know, good expressions. No, no one proposes via email, do they? So it's kind of, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, that's that's the way that I like to communicate with the parents, and and I guess in general, you know, when everyone else is emailing, you know, pick up the phone and have a chat. Mm, that's a good one. Last question that I wanted to ask: What do you think, in in general, makes a good junior coach? Because you you've had a well, you've had a, the chance to to see some of the best coaches in the world, and. And you suddenly got a lot of experience on your back. So, how, what do you think makes a good junior coach? Um, I think, to be honest, someone who really cares about developing the individual, not just a golfer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think that 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 for me is 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 you know that I guess you know that someone you know Cameron McCormack sticks in my mind about someone who he clearly just cares about the you know, the, 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 the guys and girls he coaches, um, you know, Chris Mason, you know, uh, is another guy that, you know, he, he clearly just really cares about the individuals, um, that he, that he, that he looks after or that both of them do. And, you know, seeing that with Pierre and Lynn, Henry, you know, they care about the individuals that, that are in their programs. And I think from there, once you, once you care, the things that then fall out are, well, you're going to go that extra mile. You're going to read that research paper. You're going to uh, analyze that a little bit deeper. You're going to want to go that extra mile for those individuals. I think that that's, for me, um, the, the, the trend that I've noticed in, in, in that's, I'd say, world-class junior coaching. Because um, I think, say, the hard skills of identifying or changing golf swings or um, – you know, understanding track man numbers is, is, is there and that's fine. But, you know, to, to actually help young people develop as individuals who play golf, um, I think you just need to care about them. Um, and I think that everything stems from that. Um, so yeah, that's, that would be my kind of, 
that one thing that, you know, at the end of the day, if you don't care, then they're not going to care. Um, and, you know, you tend to find that if you're motivated because you care about that individual, you know, they, they'll reciprocate. Um, and, yeah, I think that's, I guess, for me, the uh, the, the number one. And then, yeah, and then do your homework, go to some courses, get some knowledge mm. and and then then that passion and that complement, you know, the, the two that complement, you know, you, you, you're probably going to do all right. Mm, it's a beautiful message. Is there something that we didn't talk about that you do you want to touch on something important for junior coaches, let's say? Um, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess the, the, the biggest thing for me, if you if you are getting into junior coaching and you're looking to develop a program, I mean, I think a lot of people when they get into coaching, they, they like the idea and the glamour of looking at, you know, coaching tour players and um and working with, you know, really high performing athletes. Um, but you know, I think that, you know, be patient. You know, you, you often you're not going to see results. You know, maybe, you know, it's going to take you ten years to start to see the results of of your work there. But, you know, I think just be patient develop your philosophy um you know don't be afraid to ask questions and seek help um um i think that that would be kind of the number one and and and, and, and you know if you want to work with a tour player you know i would say that the best thing to do is develop your own um and so that would be kind of my i guess the message probably already said that a little bit in what i've said but um earlier on but yeah i, I think that yeah be be patient be passionate and and just and just go for it Awesome. It's been great, Oliver. Thank you very much for, for taking the time. Yeah, no, I mean, pleasure. And thanks so much for having me on. And hopefully no one's fallen asleep listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure they haven't. Awesome. Thanks, Oliver. Pleasure. Thanks again. This is Wojciech again. Thanks for listening. If you don't want to miss any future episodes in this junior series, subscribe to the podcast or sign up to the mailing list. You can find all the links on participationcoaching.com slash subscribe. If you have any suggestions on future guests or just any feedback on the podcast in general, feel free to shoot me an email at hi at participationcoaching.com. Thanks for listening again and I'll hear you next time. Music in this episode came from bensound.com. <laughs>